Addiction is a taboo word. We recognize addiction when it's attached to alcohol, drugs, or even food. But in some cases, we actually feed addictions. Take fame, for example. It is an addiction. If you've ever stood on a stage and had people clap because you gave a great presentation at school, or maybe you killed it at an open mic night, or even got married, you felt the feeling that fame gives. For that job well done, it's a congratulations and all eyes are on you. Fame isn't a drug, but we should look at it just like we do any other addiction. Coming down from the high isn't always easy. Quitting cold turkey is really difficult to do. And when you've had a taste of fame, especially at a young age, it becomes part of who you are. My name is Josh Taylor, and you're listening to my podcast, Modern Mouse, a look at the less magical side of life through the most magical lens I know, the Walt Disney Company. In this episode, we'll be looking into what life is like for famous children, what it's like afterwards, and why the social media age could be kicking it up a notch, creating a generation of addicts starving for attention. Yeah, I wanted to be famous when I was a kid. That's my wife, Angie. She wanted to be a movie star. Yeah, I guess I always wanted to be a movie star because I thought that it would be really cool to be on the big screen. And it just kind of seemed like when you're a movie star, everyone loves you and appreciates you. And like you matter more or something because you're famous. Angie isn't alone in this, though. Celebrities are a big deal. They're the people we write magazine articles about, they get to attend movie premieres and gala events, and they get paid to have fun. Who wouldn't want to be famous? That's at least what many of us think. But the truth is, fame isn't all glitz and glamour. When I was in high school, I learned to play music and I started to play in bands. I thought I would be famous getting awards and having my music video played on MTV. After all, these were the days of TRL and Carson Daly. I played in bands for a long time, engulfed in more work than fun, and on the surface, I was just a loving guy playing music and living a fairly normal life. The truth became, I needed to get up on stage and play music to feel important. Otherwise, I was stuck in a depression, not knowing what to do. And when I stopped playing music, I felt lost. For me, my whole identity was getting up there and performing for a few hundred people. But that's small scale. What happens to people who are adored by millions? Uh, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask the Britney question. And so... What question is that? Okay. <laughs> what do you think is going on with Britney? That's Justin Timberlake talking with Oprah in 2007. Back in 2007, a 26-year-old Britney Spears hit her breaking point. She spent her kid years as a star on Disney Channel and spent her teens and early 20s being one of the biggest pop stars in the world, outselling U2, Madonna, and Justin Timberlake. 
we were teenagers, you know, and yeah. and, um, and famous teenagers. Yeah, and I think that that's basically the best way to describe. Really good. What happened to us, and and um, I think she's a great person. I, I don't know. I I, I got nothing for you. I don't. I don't know. You answered. You answered. Answered. In 2007, Britney Spears checked herself into rehab for drug and alcohol abuse, and when checking out, she opted to shave her head completely and then decided to take a swing with an umbrella at a few reporters and photographers. Later in that year, she divorced her husband and lost the custody of her two children after crashing her car in a hit-and-run and running over the foot of a police officer. She would then check herself into a psychiatric facility in hopes of getting the help that she desperately needed. This was someone in her mid-twenties. But her fame didn't begin with her singing career. She'd been in the spotlight since she was a kid, starring on the Mickey Mouse Club. My name is Anthony Donovan, and I am an actor, writer, producer, podcast host, uh, and an artist. Uh, I'm also a cartoonist. And my very first kind of exposure to a real live working television set was on the set of the Mickey Mouse Club back in the 90s. Maybe you remember the 1990s version of the Mickey Mouse Club. This wasn't Walt's Mickey Mouse Club. This was a group of talented kids that could sing, dance, and act, veering more towards musical performances and comedy sketches more than anything else. And their theme song, honestly, is the most 90s thing I've ever heard. The Mickey Mouse Club wasn't just the launching pad for Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake. Many kids came across the show, including Anthony. Anthony was 18 on the show, so I presumed he had a pretty good memory, and I asked him if fame ever got to him or any of his castmates. Only in the younger ones. I, I do remember one time, uh, frequently I would see Ryan Gosling when he, when he first started being this little 12-year-old kid. You know, the girls on the set would scream when he would show up and things like that. And he, you know, he got very swept up from where I was sitting in that as any 12-year-old boy would when a room full of girls starts screaming at, at your very si- at the very sight of you. And he would do the wink and the gun a lot, and he would, you know, kind of run up and hug a few of them and that kind of stuff. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, I really hope he tempers this as he gets older, and obviously he appears to be probably the most well-adjusted one. <laughs> Recent stars of Disney Channel Beyond the Mickey Mouse Club have had problems as well. Lindsay Lohan has been in and out of drug rehabilitation a ton of times. Adam Hicks was arrested for armed robbery, and Michael Mantenuto committed suicide at the age of 35. But the trouble doesn't just pertain to recent years. These problems, they're not new. So, this barber in Pasadena told me I should be in the movies, and so one Sunday he invited us out to his, out to his um, home, and his son was there. And we found out his son was in the movies, and his son got me an appointment with his agent. And uh, his agent took me out to um, part with Lost Angel, and I got my first part. Bobby Driscoll was nine years old when he starred in Disney's Song of the South, and would continue to star in films, including being the voice of Peter Pan in 1951, and playing Jim Hawkins in Treasure Island. But his contract with Disney would end in 1954 at the age of 17, 
and he transitioned from a private Hollywood school where he had tutoring to a public high school. There he was ridiculed for the roles he played as a child actor, and to cope, Bobby started doing drugs. Years later, he even confessed in an interview that he started doing heroin in high school just because he could afford it. And he would eventually die from his drug use at the age of 31. But Bobby Driscoll's story brings up another great point. When you've lived one way your entire young life and eventually have to transition into a different style of life, how do you come to terms with that at such an impressionable age? It definitely makes me more observant and strategic in the way I interact with people um, because I had to come in from the outside. What if fame isn't the only thing that drives young child actors to the brink? What if it's something more common like homeschooling? Hello, my name is Frederick Chambers. Um, I spent six years of my life living overseas, um, four in Indonesia and uh, then two in Bangladesh. Um, and so I spent a lot of time overseas. My parents were, were missionaries at that time as well. Um, so kind of a very different childhood than most people have. So by the time I was interacting with kids, uh, even at the British International School, and especially in the United States uh, at the beginning of high school, it was a completely different culture where I'd been coming from this very sheltered childhood with kind of a, a, a very particular environment where you didn't get exposed to a lot of things uh, versus high school, especially where you're just like bombarded with this culture, um, especially here in America, where it's like, what is this? I don't understand the lingo. I don't understand what this cultural reference is. I have so much I need to absorb and catch up on. Freddie and I talked about adapting to a new social structure and culture and what it takes to do so. For him, the oldest Christian son of world-traveling missionaries, he related to others at school through his love for Star Wars. He found his way and recognizes that not everyone can adapt in that exact same manner. It's, it's kind of interesting kind of looking at it that way where, you know, whether you're homeschooled, um, whether you're uh, living overseas or whether you're just somebody who's famous so you can't be put in certain situations, um, you're still going from an outside environment to an inside environment, you know, or, you know, a more, a larger uh, cultural environment than you might be used to. And so you learn some skills because you have to in order to survive and in order to make friends and have the experiences that you want to have. And adapting to your circumstances is something that I think you, you learn very quickly when it comes to uh, like a transfer from homeschool to whether it's high school or whether it's college. It's a very different environment. It's very, um, gladiatorial is wrong, but um, it's it's trying to, to, to go in there and have kind of do battle uh, socially an environment that is different from what you're used to. Fame can only add more pressure to this idea of adapting to a new life. One of the most well-paid child stars ever is Macaulay Culkin, and he started acting at the age of four years old, starring in 15 major films, befriending Michael Jackson, and winning a Kids' Choice and MTV Movie Award before he was even 14 years old. But it came at a price. His father was a demanding and abusive manager, using his son to make a living. 
And when his parents separated and his father was no longer his manager, he opted to take a break from the acting world. He did get caught up in the world of drugs and his life wrapped up on the covers of gossip magazines, but now at age 38, he's doing more acting and voiceover work living outside of the United States where he isn't recognized as much and spends a majority of his free time running a podcast and website called Bunny Ears. It's not easy to escape childhood fame, but some are lucky enough to make their way into a somewhat normal adult life. But in recent years, a new version of fame seems to be plaguing a larger group of impressionable kids. So you don't feel like you have any identity other than social media? I've completely, like, completely lost my identity outside social media. I mean, I've been on it so long that it's like, how do you know who you are when you're constantly trying to appeal to the masses and change who you are to make yourself liked? I've been on it since I was like 12. So it's like I didn't grow up like a normal kid. I grew up trying to make people like me. The age of social media is here, and it's a real problem for many of us, kids and adults alike as we're seeing people use it to boost their egos and to gain a bit of self-esteem, some even using it to gain fame. In the last few years, the term social media influencer has become a key term in marketing, paying kids and teens lots of money to be the spokespeople for a lifestyle. Okay, hi, my name's Noah Martin and I do style on Instagram and I'm 11 years old. Noah's been on Instagram for a few years now, and his mom helps take photographs, and she helps moderate his Instagram page. He's been able to make friends with some of the people that he looks up to, and he's even worked with Disney on projects. I actually got to work with Disney this Christmas with Toys for Tots, because I tweeted out to uh, Mr. Iger if they did anything during the winter time, because I do my 12 Days of Giving. And he said, we do Toys for Tots. And he said I could help out. So I helped out, and I raised a lot of toys for kids in need. Noah has over a 1,000 followers on Instagram. That's no small feat for an 11-year-old. And he continues to post every day. And his story is one of positivity. I just love all the positivity because it makes me feel good. And I love seeing all the other creativity from people. He enjoys getting the likes and nice comments, but he also uses his Instagram for good, giving back to other children with Toys for Tots. But his story isn't the only one that's out there. If you are watching this video right now, then that means you love surprises. Everyone, pause what you're doing, and I need you guys to pay attention. Guys, we are about to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on mystery boxes. Allow me to explain. So uh, basically, there's this thing on the internet called mystery boxes. You buy them, you don't know what's gonna be in them. They come to your house, you open it up, and it's a mystery! Jake Paul is one of the highest paid stars on YouTube, making over a million dollars a month in YouTube ad revenue, merchandise sales, and marketing products toward his fan base with the general Jake Paul viewer being under 18 years old. He started out making videos on Vine, an app for short six second videos, and getting over two billion views on that app. Disney took notice in 2015 and hired him for one of their Disney Channel shows. And while being a part of Disney, 
he transitioned over to YouTube as well, making videos and creating a social media management company for fellow young, up-and-coming social media influencers. While being under contract with Disney, he pushed the boundaries of what was acceptable on YouTube, gaining attention online for his antics, and as his attention grew, so did his YouTube paycheck. He lit his backyard on fire, drove down the street blindfolded, and used female members of his social media team as clickbait with suggestive photos. Disney would cut ties with him in 2017, but his antics still continue to this day, with one of his latest schemes being the voice of Mystery Brand, a shady company looking to promote gambling online with merchandise, trying to gain the attention of Jake Paul's young demographic. Whatever your opinion of Jake Paul or others like him is, that really doesn't matter. What matters is that they're pushing a lifestyle and a younger generation of people are getting wrapped up in it. Creating their own social media accounts, becoming their own brand, and looking to be liked and commented on to sustain a sense of self-worth. Too many teenagers are now turning to social media for validation. If you're on Facebook, I'm sure you've seen it. A teenager posts a photo of themselves, often called a selfie, then watches to see how many likes or positive comments follow, such as, you're beautiful or you're such a stud. And it makes parents wonder why kids are turning to the internet for acceptance. For a closer look at what's called selfie syndrome, or joy now, by Dr. Greg Jantz, best-selling author and mental health expert. This grabbed our attention. Wow, yes. I think we've all seen it online. Are you seeing it as a real problem for teenagers? Well, yes, and here's what, I'm looking for self-validation and I want it from my peers. But then I may not, you know, this abstract thinking, what I do now can affect my future. Right. They're not always thinking about that. And here's what I've seen. I've seen particularly gals who send pictures uh, inappropriate. Later, there's huge regret. And we've had situations where kids have actually been suicidal. Kids are more disconnected than ever. And like Freddie had said earlier, they're on the outside looking in. More and more kids are looking to be famous online just to get a taste of being liked or having a friend or just feeling accomplished. We have a case for one million Bobby Driscolls on our hands. And as more kids fail to gain the following and admiration of a peer like Jake Paul, they value themselves less. The National Survey for Drug Use and Health has recently stated that in the last 10 years, the diagnosis for depression amongst teenagers has gone up 60%, and thoughts of suicide or the feeling of psychological distress among people under 18 has more than doubled. So what's the solution? How do we help children navigate their social lives? How do we help them cope with the stresses of the world and the things that make them depressed? The answer really has to lie in all of us. To re-correct the feelings the kids have of being outsiders, we need to start creating a world where nobody feels like they're on the outside, where bullying doesn't generally happen, and 
where kids feel like they don't have to compare themselves to someone else. And that idea might take generations to happen. But for now, we can at least model good behavior. We can help pick each other up simply by being kinder to each other. And maybe we can help shape the lives of everyone else. There's a ton of psychology advice out there, but one of the top answers that you'll find when dealing with depression, anxiety, or suicide is to show kindness. Telling someone that you're on their side and that you care about them. It sounds silly, but kindness goes a long way. So let me challenge you to this today. Whatever day that you listen to this podcast episode, just do something nice for someone that maybe you normally wouldn't do. Even have a meaningful conversation that creates a feeling of positivity for yourself or for another person. Empower yourself to create a more positive and accepting world. And then just maybe, we won't need to read about childhood drug overdoses and teen suicides. Before we end the episode, I want to thank my guest, Anthony Donovan, who you can listen to on the House of Pop Culture podcast. Frederick Chambers, who currently works at the Star Wars land Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland, where he continues to create friendships through his love for Star Wars. And Noah Martin, who you can follow on Instagram at DisneyBearDuffy333. He doesn't need your validation, but a follow would be nice. If you want to check out anything I'm doing, make sure to head over to network1901.com. You'll find videos and podcasts there as well as social media links. But thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, my name's Josh Taylor and keep on moving people.